Does Jesus watch YouTube? Is it possible to get more leads, clients, and sales with YouTube as a business owner or entrepreneur? And what ultimately is the root of all success? My name is Sean Cannell, rhymes with YouTube channel. I'm the best-selling author of the book, YouTube Secrets. And I'm so excited for my conversation today with the real Jason Duncan on the Root of All Success podcast. Welcome to the Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Success. I am the real Jason Duncan. And as you saw at the very beginning of the show, if you watched the very beginning, uh, the title of this show is Does Jesus, Does Jesus Watch YouTube? And it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, not to meant to be sacrilegious. It actually has a legitimate question, uh, well, as legitimate as that question can be, that I asked my guest today, Sean Cannell. Let me tell you about Sean. If you don't know this guy... You're going to be glad that you listen to the show because if you're in business and you aren't are interested in YouTube at all, this is your guy. He is the CEO of Think Media and the host of the Think Media podcast. He's one of today's leading online experts and the world's most watched YouTube strategist. This guy is the most watched YouTube strategist. Nobody else. This guy is him. If you want to know the YouTube strategy, you've tuned in to the right show today to get introduced to that guy so that you can figure out how to play YouTube to the biggest chant, the biggest audiences in the world. He's been featured at Forbes.com, CNBC, Social Media Examiner, Entrepreneur.com, and Success.com. He uh, has grown an eight-figure income as a tech to, to, uh, as a tech YouTuber. Uh, we're going to talk about how he got his start 20 years ago and what it did, what it took for him to actually hit that hockey stick growth up and to the right that we all want as entrepreneurs. Um, he is a great dude. We talk a lot about his faith and about his key to success. And uh, as you know, as a listener to the show, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. And what I found out after meeting Sean and then following him online, found out that he was a follower too. And that part of his story is going to be included in today's episode. So please help me welcome Sean Cannell to the podcast. Hey, Sean, welcome to the root of all success. Jason, I'm so fired up to be hanging out with you and your community today. Well, it's an honor to have the world's foremost YouTube guy, the expert on my show. And one of the things I, I would like to talk to you, maybe maybe post-show, is about doing... And the, this show is... The, today's show is about your story, kind of what you do, how you got here. But I also do this live webinar where we do tactical stuff. And so maybe we could talk about that at some point. I don't want, I don't want to put you on the spot and make, commit to anything, but I, I meant to tell you that pre-show. is like, we should do this because I know you have so much because YouTube is this weird thing that has just made so many people a lot of money, a lot of impact, a lot of influence. And you're right at the forefront and the center of all that, the, the, the foremost guy doing it. 
how, let's start there. How did you introduce yourself into YouTube to become Sean Cannell, the YouTube guy? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. And you know, the story has been kind of wild because today I'm a small town kid, college dropout, trying to run a team, trying to, you know, learn how to exit without exiting. And we've got about 20 W2 employees, 10 contractors, multi-millions in revenue a year. And uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a CEO today. And I'm really just kind of like a creator turned CEO, maybe even an accidental entrepreneur, because I actually got started with video back in 2003. And all I did was actually volunteer at my local church an hour north of Seattle. And there's like eight kids in the youth ministry and the youth pastor handed me a camera and Adobe Premiere video editing software and said, hey, start making videos. And so I made videos every Wednesday night for youth group like announcements and they were terrible. I mean, they're so bad. But what's amazing is a lot of people today are wanting to create consistent content before that really even social media existed. I was creating consistent content in that local church con context. And uh, fast forward a couple of years, we actually started a YouTube channel for that church in 2007, only two years after YouTube started. And so I've been doing video now for 20 years, YouTube for 16, and I just kept doubling down. And it's literally like, I mean, I really believe in, uh, you know, kind of divine favor that God directs our steps, you know? And so I really feel like video chose me. I didn't choose video, but then I just wanted to keep learning more about it. And that 10,000 hour rule, I'm probably at 50,000 hours when it comes to video and on camera and scripting or shooting or filming or the strategy side and uh, have really fallen in love with it. And now my passion is helping, helping other entrepreneurs leverage the power of YouTube and online video to get more leads, client sales, and build their brands. Well, isn't it interesting? Because I think that um, one of the things I've discovered in doing all these interviews on my show, plus I've done dozens and maybe hundreds before that, just casual interviews over a glass of bourbon and a cigar with friends who are also entrepreneurs. And I discovered that one of the keys to success that I, is, is this preparation. And sometimes this preparation comes in unexpected ways. So when that youth pastor said, here's a camera and here's, here's a Adobe pro or Adobe premiere pro, like go do this. You had no idea that that was preparing you for set success 20, 20 something years later. So you got started pretty early out you college dropout, 20 something years old doing videos. And now the foremost YouTube expert killing it. I mean, you got three channels with over a hundred thousand uh, subscribers. One of them has millions. What, what is it? Uh, Think media has got what? Two and a half million subscribers on YouTube. That is insane. So when did it, when did it flip for you? Did it, uh, you did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And all of a sudden, bam, this actually is something. Did that happen or was it more gradual? Yeah. Well, it was definitely gradual in the sense of I started to kind of get a passion for YouTube. I saw the possibility there and think media, the channel today that has over two and a half million subscribers. I started it. The first video ever uploaded was I think 2010. So it's 13 years old and growth at the start was incredibly slow. And this is, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this from 2010 to 2015. It looks like a flat line before it really starts to take off. And then I think there was two factors that led to it taking off. One was when I was in that side hustle season, I actually eventually moved to Vegas with my family and I took a director of communications role at a church. 
uh, this was still preparation too, because I was able to help the pastor launch books and we were doing Facebook and social media for him and the church. And we started dabbling in Facebook ads, growing YouTube. So I was getting all these different case studies and experience to learn it. And I was just working on my side project, chipping away at it. So my skills were building, but I wasn't devoting that much time to it, or I just had minimal time to devote to it. And it was in 2015 that not only was it kind of like a crossroads of all the lessons and the learnings and the experience and the mistakes and the failures, but also it was when I went all in. And eventually I transitioned into being a freelancer with a couple clients. And I'll never forget October of 2015. I actually got a phone call of one of the clients in the first week and he said, hey, we got to let you go. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer, but I could always replace them. Second week, I got another call. We got to let you go. We're like hiring a full time. It's like, oh, man, we only got three clients, it's two of them. And then God is my witness the third week. Bring Now I have all this like anxiety from the phone ringing. Sure enough, got fired by the third client. So actually I was fired by all three clients as a, I was helping people with video production and managing their YouTube channels. And so I was bummed out for a second, but I called mentors like we all value here. My friend, David, who is seasoned, he'd actually exited a, a real estate education business for multiple millions and whatnot. So he's kind of like sitting in that, like he had already exited peace of mind from having kind of being anti-fragile when it comes to his wealth. And he's like, I'm not worried. And I remember being like, well, I know you're not worried, David, like literally, of course you're not worried. You're not worried about anything. But the last time I checked, you've never like sent me a check. Like we just lost 90% of our income in a month, bro. And he's like, no, I'm not worried because ultimately in entrepreneurship, at some point you have to jump off the cliff. It sounds like God just kicked you off the cliff and now it's your time to fly. And at first Whoa. I was like, what are you like a leprechaun? Is this what is like some, you know, it's sort of like, like a parable or something, you know? But then I was like, I was so grateful that David shared that with me because it just it instantly clicked in my mind. And to your point of preparation, I go, yeah, now for the first time ever in over a decade, I had no clients, no job, nothing else to do, except for actually build now as a solopreneur um, a company. And that's when I went all in. And it's been no turning back from there. And it's grown pretty fast. But that's one of those things like if the skyscraper is visibly going higher, it's because the roots and the foundation are so deep. and that you could then see in the curve. It shot up from there, partly because of all the lessons and learnings, and then partly because for the first time, instead of working on it every couple of weeks for a few hours, I was, for early on, I was 40, 50, 60, 70 hours to really get the thing going. The early years of entrepreneurship, hiring and stuff, total chaos, and uh, just going all in. And now I'm grateful that we have re regained a lot of peace of mind and health and built to last culture in terms of our team. And so, yeah, that, that was 2015 was when everything changed. So in 2015, um, the only thing you were doing to to potentially potentially earn income for you and your family was YouTube in, in 2015. Is that correct? Yeah. By by, so the freelance clients were paying me two thousand, two thousand, and one thousand, sixty thousand dollars a year as just kind of a my social security number, like a sole proprietor. And then YouTube was bringing in a couple hundred bucks around the holidays because of a lot of people clicking affiliate links. So it was about around a thousand. And so when they all fired me, that was the bulk of our income. But what I, I also had a lot of confidence once I got out of the immediate fear of, oh, I know how to do this. Like I knew that how to rank videos, meaning YouTube's a search engine. I understood even how to monetize videos. It was just a matter of doing it more. So I, especially at first out of like motivated by let's not go bankrupt, you know, my wife and I, let's not like actually be homeless and we fight for my family. 
I was really hustling uh, November, December of 2015. And by January 2016, Amazon sent me a check for almost $5,000 from affiliate marketing, which had completely replaced online income only um, the money I was, the freelance clients were paying me. YouTube sent me a check for around $1,000. So now it's, you know, 6K a month, just me, just making videos from a home bedroom. Um, and then immediately started to invest in scale, thinking about, okay, I probably need to get some help. I was, and I was doing everything, you know, shooting, editing, uploading. My wife runs our finances. She's our CFO today. Um, and other than that, though, I was just complete kind of solo founder. She's the co-owner of our business, but I'd be like the sole founder of it, but then started to immediately add. And I'm grateful for all the wisdom I've learned over the years that teamwork really makes the dream work. So I just would reinvest every profit back into scale or team um, and things like that. So yeah, 2016 January was like the baseline of replacing our income. And then in that first year of business, we did like 190 top line in revenue, $190,000. Um, and uh, it just started to scale up from there. So, so you had five years of kind of prep work of, of just doing the daily grind, doing videos, editing videos, posting stuff out there. And then in 15, 16, you say, okay, I'm all in. I've jumped off the cliff as my friend Yoda told me to do, you know, we're the leprechaun. We, we're like, we're, we're in. And then you can do 190 K in rev, which I get there are expenses against that, but you got 190 K in rev, but you're at eight figures now, like significantly much more than 190,000. Is that, is that a proper? Is that yeah, approximately I'm actually, correct? I'm grateful to answer this question. I heard Alex Ramosi breaking it down. Like there's like six different ways you can track how much revenue you're doing. Some people say how much they've done lifetime. Sometimes they say how much they've done annually. In some cases you could be doing eight fig and going negative, like depending on how much, you know, ad spend or expenses are. So we've, uh, when I say eight fig, it's, we crossed 10 million a couple years ago, uh, lifetime. We did like 6.7 last year. So annually, right now, we're right around seven. And this year, we've been reinvesting and actually slowing down a little bit, just to speak to, I think that um, we're on track to do about the same, but Q3 and four could get interesting. And uh, I think we'll actually be eight figure a year. But you know, for complete, honest transparency, I don't even know what we've done lifetime, maybe 25 or 30 million, but, but it's been spread out over a couple of years. Well, that's still, uh, it, it, listen, it, it doesn't even require qualification. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that, but it's still, it's still a lot of money on YouTube. Like, and, and, and so these, all these people, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a YouTuber. Most never accomplish that. Just like most people say, I want to start a business. They might start, but what 96% fell in the first decade of 80% in the first five years. So, and, and who, I want to be in the NBA. I want to be in the NFL. Who do, they don't get in. You did it. You got in, you made it. And, and so congratulations on your success. I, I want to ask you before I start asking success questions, because this is the root of all success, by the way. I want to ask you those first videos, those first videos you did on your channel. I know you used to do for churches and stuff like that, which obviously is appreciated, but what were you videoing about? What, what was the content? Like, I know we can probably go back and watch it, but what were you talking about? Well, actually the first videos are, are super embarrassing and they're, they're really random and scattered, you know? And I think that as entrepreneurs and when you're maybe just having ideas, but you don't fully, you haven't formalized a business. The other thing that's interesting about the creator economy is people are turning their passion into profit, talking about whatever or anything. So 
you're trying to figure it out. Some people are just vlogging. They're like sharing their life. They're sharing their lunch. They're sharing their stuff. And some people have made a full-time living doing that. So early on, I was just kind of testing a lot of things. First couple hundred videos, um, super random. I do like a cooking video because my dad taught me a recipe of baking salmon in a tinfoil boat. Uh, I would do an amazing Spider-Man review. I would uh, do a little vlog on a day trip with my wife horseback riding in Las Vegas. Um, and what was interesting is some of the videos could get 2000 views, some could get like 80,000. So I was actually like learning different things and testing different things. But you know, how can anybody follow you if you don't know where you're going? It was scattered. It was random. This is one of the biggest things I help a lot of our students. We kind of have two tracks. Some are entrepreneurs and business owners, and they know what their business is and their target client and customer. But on the creator side, it's these aspiring creators that just want to take what they know, their passion. And a lot of times they were exactly like me. They've got like seven passions. They just smash them all on a YouTube channel and maybe they experience some success, but they don't know wonder why they don't get why they can't get momentum is because they're going in a bunch of different directions. You know, they're a, a wandering generality instead of a meaningful specific. And so I also realized that as being multi-passionate, it took me a while, although when I look back, it seems totally clear that teaching video itself was the thing that I had the most experience at. It was also the thing I'd already spent thousands of dollars on back in 2009 when I started a freelance video business, um, you know, before we moved to Vegas, doing wedding videos and hip hop music videos. I took out a loan from prosper.com for seven grand just because I was waiting tables at Rob and I knew I could pay it back if things didn't work out. So I could buy a camera, buy lenses, buy a video editing computer and like kind of start a media business. Not a ton of money. And um, I realized that I could start reviewing tech. I could review the cameras, teach people how to use the cameras. I've been doing video. So it was taking my skill, like my core competency, the thing that I had invested time in. And we teach the three P's and others have taught the same thing, passion, proficiency, and profit. Not only are what are you passionate about, what are you also good at? Well, I had the time and the experience and I had results and I had done the wedding videos and got the clients and actually used the gear. And then also how can you profit? Well, People are shopping online for cameras, gear, lighting. They want to learn these skill sets. And so it's at the intersection of the three P's. So I was I was in the passion P talking about movies or cooking or wondering, can I be a famous vlogger and all this other stuff? But it wasn't until I locked into passion, proficiency, and profit got clear that Think Media, our company still today, uh, really helping people now we would say with the best tips and tools for building your influence with video. So the tools has been a big thing for us, the cameras, the live streaming software, the software that helps you optimize keyword research. Like it's a lot. And, and the long tail of how much there is to teach about review, talk about brands pay us to do videos. The creator economy is massive and we're essentially creator economy educators now. Um, the tools part, and then the tips, how do you actually get views? What are the best practices of YouTube? So today it might seem clear and obviously your brand should evolve, but I was a mess. I mean, I was everywhere. I, and and even though, though it, this may have seemed obvious, it took me a long time to kind of hone in that clarity, sharpen our branding, figure out what we were doing. And uh, clarity is power. Once you, you get clear, things also grow a lot faster. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you about that too. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you've 
kind of finish that with that idea of clarity, because you said something earlier, wandering generality versus something specific. What, do you remember what you said? Yeah, Zig Ziglar quote, it's better to be a, you want to be a meaningful specific, not a wandering generality. Yeah. So that, that quote, so when you were talking about the way yours began, that was the question that bubbled at the top of my mind, Sean was, okay, so my, my channel, just use my own reference, my channel, the real Jason Duncan is all about it's entrepreneurship, hundred percent entrepreneurship, specifically around the exit without exiting thing, which I talk about delegation and systems and that type of stuff. So I don't do anything on my channel that is not related to that. So I don't, I don't do cooking videos. I don't do hiking videos. I don't show me now on my shorts. Shorts are different. Like shorts, like I might show myself riding motorcycles, that type of thing, because I like to do it. But my YouTube videos, am I doing the right thing? Because it sounds like I am, but I know that when you started, you were doing cooking videos, horseback riding videos, you're doing a little bit of everything. So, but you shifted to one thing. Am I doing it right based on what I'm telling you? Yeah, you are. And and where I was doing all the random stuff, that's actually another channel that I don't even upload on. It was the channel of experimentation and everything else. Yeah, your goal is to have a clear promise. Who is your channel for? What problem does it solve? And then here's the quote. You never want to upload videos that your subscribers didn't subscribe for. So you're doing it exactly right. I click subscribe on your channel and I want to learn about delegation. I want to get my time back. I want to learn about team and systems. I, I mean, uh, checking out your social media for like four seconds, the clarity is 1010. Um, across the board. So that's that's really strong. I think what can be hard, and it is interesting that you talk about shorts. I think even those should be focused. I think what's interesting is if you were to say a day in the life and it showed you hanging out at one of your masterminds and some motorcycles and having some bourbon and all that stuff, I actually would argue that, okay, maybe this you maybe the subscriber doesn't want to watch that particular video, but it would be on brand because it's still what entrepreneurship has had helped you achieve. But if you were to just start saying, oh, I also like, you know, playing Minecraft um, and I'm just going to start playing Minecraft tutorials, like it's, that'd be so radically off base. So you just want to be in the mindset and it's of course serving the viewer. What value would that add? And that value, some might call it flexing, but the value would add like, like inspiring because it would be like you're, you're maybe showing them or showing them what they could expect if they were part of, you know, something with you. So it's just you never want to upload videos your subscribers didn't subscribe for. To this day, I may break the rule, but you want to know the rule. And that would be, it's kind of like if you're watching Comedy Central, you're also there for a reason. I want to watch comedy, even if it's multiple different shows and multiple different comedians, it's Comedy Central. If all of a sudden a news broadcast came in that was just super serious, I would be offended because I would have changed the channel if that's what I wanted. And so the same is true on YouTube. It's like just becoming a destination that, why did someone subscribe? It's like also like a dartboard. I think you, you, if you were throwing a dart bullseye, there's probably a certain topic that like everyone on your channel loves. Like if you're right on the edge of the dartboard, it's relevant, but they could skip over it. It may not be like whatever. If it's off the dartboard and you're hitting the wall, like don't upload that there. That should be somewhere else. Some people's other social media platforms are just personal. They're not for their business. But I would argue for everybody listening to this, like all your business accounts, you, do, you definitely want to be known for one thing. And this isn't just my opinion. The one thing book, Gary Keller, uh, I believe, um, you know, talking about the power, Seth Godin always. I mean, it's just something. It's so powerful to be known for one thing in a really busy world. And uh, that's definitely the strategy you want to apply on YouTube. 
Yeah, well, it's it's focus, which stands for follow one course until successful. You know, we've got to we got to stay focused as entrepreneurs, and we can't be random and scattered and wandering generalities, as, as Zig said. Well, let me uh, let me ask you this question: one more question on this kind of technical stuff, and then I'm going to go into the kind of success stuff. How much overlap is there between doing reels, which are like shorts, on Instagram? versus what you're doing on YouTube. And, and let me let me tell you why I'm asking that question. Um, I spend a ton of time producing content for Instagram Reels. Like I haven't posted a static image on Instagram in probably a year. Like everything I post is video. It's all short form, a minute, minute and a half, sometimes shorter. Uh, and then if it's under a minute, I put it on YouTube Shorts as well. The only thing I'm posting on YouTube right now on a consistent basis are these shows. I do three or four shows a week and these are constantly being posted, that type of thing. Is the same concept for YouTube, which you're which you're the expert in? Does it also apply for Instagram Reels? If so, that's great. If not, is there a little bit of tweaking that you could teach us to do differently? Short answer: Yes. So long as the reason people follow you on any of these platforms is consistent. If you're just showing up with a consistent value and a consistent promise and a consistent brand then vertical video is one of the biggest opportunities right now on social media period. If possible, um, if your content could be less than 60 seconds, it is the most leveraged vertical video because it can then go on Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, Pinterest vertical video, LinkedIn if you want, YouTube Shorts, and then TikTok. Of course, at the various lengths, TikTok now allows up to 10 minutes depending on your account. Um, Instagram, you can go longer, but a lot of times I think there's something powerful about just trying to keep it under a minute. So that's exactly what we do. People follow me on social media, whatever platform, because they want to learn about video and they want to learn about YouTube, even if they're not on YouTube. So we take our vertical video assets and we paste them at all the platforms that I post them at all the platforms I just mentioned. As a result, we're posting 350 pieces of content right now a week, um, in our brand. And that is a Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? social media content, social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident 
and talking on video, or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try Story out. You're going to thank me later. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might have used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor... This one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Two Ys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the Zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos, that get responses, that people go, ooh, I want to talk to that. If you want to know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you. They'll write the captions. They'll add the relevant hashtags. They put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes a headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. It is a trackable, ROI-positive endeavor. It's also it's an intense endeavor, team systems, Ooh, um, and, and not trying to just have it be a bunch of white noise, but to do both quality and quantity. And vertical video is the way that we're able to do that, and video podcasting is the way we're able to do that. Because, as you mentioned, we would count out of those 350 the fact that the podcast goes on Spotify and Google and Apple and YouTube um, and the other 22 sites you would just use like Buzzsprout. And, um, but the vertical video assets, we, we do two a day. We do two vertical video posts a day, um, but then they're DJed out on the other platforms. And then the other opportunity is reposting. I mean, you could post, uh, you should. Every three to six months, you should repost your winners 
So like our bank of videos is pretty insane. Like there's, and I know that, that maybe half the people listening to this are like stressed. They're like, I'm not even like posting it's like 350 a week. But what's wild is <laughs> it kind of makes me think of like rich dad, poor dad. He, he had, you know, he said his poor dad would say we can't afford it. And his rich dad would say, how can we afford it? I think the mentality is to say, oh man, I'm so busy. There's no way I could even do one video, let alone many, as opposed to saying, how could I consistently create content? Because when you understand that it leads to more opportunity and more doors and more revenue and more things you know, opening up to you and more impact and not just revenue today, but insurance by building a brand for tomorrow um, and getting an edge over your competitors. Okay, it's gonna be difficult, but how could I create a machine of content like this. So yeah, it sounds like you're doing it exactly right. And uh, my encouragement would be to triple down and do it more. And are you also doing TikTok and um, Pinterest vertical video and stuff like that? Uh, no to TikTok. I got off TikTok for long reasons that you probably would imagine. Uh, Pinterest, I had no idea they did videos and I've never been on Pinterest in my life. So I don't know anything about that. Sure. So really I'm posting, Instagram is where I play. Yeah. Uh, I also repost everything on LinkedIn because LinkedIn allows me to do it. I've got a good following on LinkedIn. And then if my videos are under a minute, I post them on YouTube shorts. However, posting a YouTube short from your phone is insane. When are they going to figure that out? I can't, there's too much I can't do from this device. Mm -hmm. So I have to load it and then go into my computer and do it. It's dumb. I, maybe I'm missing something, but that's why I don't post more YouTube shorts is because it's so hard to do and add the music and I don't know. Am I missing something there? Yeah. I mean, who not how I would get someone to just help and bank them all on a uh, Dropbox and let somebody else deal with all those details. But your phone is actually the best. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not doing it, but like we, none of, nobody can do everything from this device that you can do. Like you can post a full video reel on Instagram using a phone yeah. and then also do the same thing on LinkedIn. You can add the music you can do the subtitle. You can do everything, but on YouTube, Shorts? No, you can. None I, of us have been able to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's maybe then that's just like a skill gap because no phone is actually the best because you can select custom thumbnails from your phone now, so you could drag your finger throughout the uh, the video to pick the uh -huh. thumbnail. Um, you could do your title, you could do your description. Descriptions don't really matter on YouTube Shorts, um, and then um, you could schedule upload from your phone as well. And I would say uh -huh. you probably don't need to attach popular music but that is best practice. So if you upload you just talking head, no music and natively attach music on the different platforms, uh, you know, just make it 10% or something and do a trending song that could give you a little extra juice. And, um, and yeah, so phone would be actually best. I think it would just be a matter of maybe making sure the apps updated and, um, cycling your team member through fresh education to just use best practice when doing that. Who do you know that educates people on YouTube and how to do that? I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should, maybe we should get my, my team to take a look at your stuff. Maybe we should do that. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you some success, success, man. I can't even talk sex questions. No, that's a different Whew. show. Let me ask you some success questions. Um, so let's talk first about your key. So after all the success that you've had, building a multi-million dollar and a multi-million subscriber YouTube channel and channels, um, and by the way, the first to learn how to say your last name, Sean Cannell, when you said Cannell like channel, never forget mm. that, that, that mnemonic helped tremendously. So good job on telling me that that first time we met, um, when you were able to achieve this success, if you had to look back now over these 10, 20 years, what's that one thing? Like if you had to narrow it down to this thing allowed me to be successful, what is that one thing? 
Yeah, I mean, the honest answer for me is Jesus Christ. Um, on Christ, this solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And the reason I say that is obviously I had to learn skills um, to generate money. Um, you don't pray and law of attraction, money shows up at your house, but you do pray and have an encounter with God that transforms who you are as a person. And I was actually uh, expelled from Christian high school um, going right before my senior year for extreme partying. I mean, I was living crazy. I actually was in a pornographic film with three girls. That's and it was that's why they expel you too. That's not, uh, it was against school terms. Um, and uh, partying super hard. Then I got even harder into rave drugs. I had no vision. I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't I didn't see really a reason for living. I didn't want the American dream. Um, and then eventually like the prodigal, uh, just I had kind of squandered everything and I sort of hit rock bottom. Um, and it was eventually going to Bible college, uh, really discovering the truth of God's word and then ultimately having a powerful encounter with God that changed my life forever. And the reason I would say that's also the key of success is there's even been many bumps and challenges on the road since then, but there's so much burnout happening in the creator economy people's um they're they're breaking down mentally uh over the years now so many years on youtube i've known and got to interview and talk to a lot of family vloggers people who got famous for just vlogging and filming their family life some that had extreme high values and many who are now divorced who ended up cheating on their spouse having leaked things going on with you know someone in the dms many top youtubers have talked about their struggles with alcoholism. I've had similar struggles because of the level of pressure. Um, it's weird. You're a small town kid, and all of a sudden, millions of people are, you know, following you and they're commenting and they're speaking about their, you know, you're getting all this feedback. And I know for some, they could look at the YouTuber lifestyle and say, I, can't, I mean, it's ridiculous how much money or all the stuff that you're doing for the type of work you're doing. How could you ever, you know, you should just be grateful. And I think actually probably everybody is. But then they also don't see actually the pressures that come with it and the unseen challenges that come with it. And so I've just watched so many people get stuck into greed and blow up their families or just they're not happy. They lose joy even on the other side of success. So, so when I think about the one key to success, what good is it to gain the world but lose your soul? And so and and I want to be here, but I want to be half happy, healthy, have peace like a river, joy like a fountain, and build a business at a pace that is not. Uh, I'm not chasing, uh, and I've struggled with this, of course, as an ambitious entrepreneur. You could compare yourself to somebody else; they're growing faster. But at the end of the day, I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing God. At the end of the day, I'm not chasing fame. I'm chasing God, and I just want to live up to my God-given potential. So I know this. Uh, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have blown up my life. I would have blown up my marriage. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be probably a tyrant. I would also, I, I have a proclivity towards selfishness, how as a lot of people do. And if it wasn't for Jesus, though, that selfishness would be to the extreme. So the only, the rock that keeps me solid, uh, you know, Matthew 7, 24, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who builds their house on the rock, not like the fool built his house on the sand. And so I think a successful life, business, marriage, inner life, inner game, soul life 
uh, for me, Jesus is everything. And he is the anchor to my soul. And I know for sure that this world would have crushed me, this YouTube world and whatnot, uh, or that I would just be, you know, I, I'd, I'd be like, <laughs> I was going to share some funny thing. Like, I don't know. I'd be somewhere in Vegas living, doing Vegas things, um, you know, with, with, <laughs> with money uh, and whatnot, and probably be super sad and be absolutely desolate in my soul if it wasn't for actually having um, God. And honestly, the fear of God to keep me grounded um, because I want to give an account to the one who uh, loved me and showed me grace as the most undeserving um, compared to the stuff I've done and come out of. So uh, that's my key. Well, I I love it. And uh, of course, listeners who listen to me a lot know that I end every show with uh, Jesus is King. And, and I, you and I share the same faith. And uh, I, I you're the first person in a hundred and whatever many episodes, 70 episodes or whatever this is. Uh, to say that is the key. Now, I, I think a lot of people, given the opportunity to think more deeply about it, would also agree. But I appreciate your uh, appreciate your boldness in saying that, because in a world where you're living in the YouTube world, there's not very many people that are standing on that and saying he is king and this is this is what I stand for. And I wouldn't be anything without him. So I, I applaud you as, as a brother in Christ for saying that. And uh, thank you for sharing that. So let me ask you another question. How do you define this word success? Everybody's got different definitions. What does Sean Cannell say success is? Uh, to me, success is being faithful and living up to my God-given potential. Um, as a disciple of Jesus, um, my life is not my own. Now, I try to take it back about every four seconds, you know, and I try to you know do what I want or follow. But what I'm aiming for is... God, I just want to be faithful with what you've called and created me to do. And, you know, I'm just speaking for myself and not trying to project anything for anybody else. But at the end of the day, we all have different, you know, spheres of influence, different, you know, some people are married. Some people will never get married. Some people will not have kids, you know. And I think that we all potentially have differing, differing paths. But for me, I just want to be faithful with what God's put in my hand. So my definition of success is um, fatherhood, um, is marriage, um, is stewarding my business well, is being generous with my finances, is using my influence and the people that I can't, you know, have the opportunity of impacting to just do it for God's glory, just in, in my little tiny, whatever impact I can make and trying to spend my years this is what drives me would be living up to my God given potential and trying to live in the tension of not having anxiety for anything that's outside of that, uh, but also having urgency for being faithful with whatever God has put in my hands. I also stole my articulated definition of success from uh, John Maxwell and um, happily stole it. And it's at the end of my life, I want the people closest to me to love and respect me the most. And so if I succeed in business, but fail with my family, then I actually believe I failed. And if I get the applause of the crowds, but lose the love of my children, I believe that would be failure as well. Um, being blessed to be in ministry for so many years with absolute empathy and love for churches and pastors. Um, it's kind of almost a sad stereotype of what it can be like to be a pastor's kid um, and how much the grueling ministry of serving everybody else can mean that your family gets um, not the best part, but the, the worst part. And again, that's also one of the things that I know my ambition taken to 
an unhealthy extreme um, would would end up being um, separated from my ultimate priorities. So that's why that's a stated yeah. definition of success for me to say that, man, you know, a lot of people, most of my YouTube subscribers, probably all of them wouldn't care to come to my funeral. But when I'm uh, needing someone to make, take care of me at 89, um, my wife will probably outlive me and she'll, she'll be there and my kids, you know, will be there. So I want the people closest to me to love and respect me the most. And the people who see me, off stage and backstage. So that would be my team and it would be our executive team and it would be friends and all that kind of stuff. And I am falling short of this every day, but this would be the vision I aspire to because I can, again, being a type A driven entrepreneur, like you could just get into the day-to-day, -day, the tactics, the scale the everything else. Um, I think that's why it's nice to write down your values so you can get re-anchored in what success really is for you. And I, and I love that the question, because I do think that the definition of success is a personalized question. It's just the reaching of a definite goal. It's like, it's like the achievement of a stated aim and that aim could be different. 100%. And so I just want to be faithful with God's called me to do and not blow up any of the relationships that matter most with my time here on the earth. All right. I love it. So big question. Does Jesus watch YouTube? For sure. Um, I'm sure he would have had a YouTube channel, you know, um, there's a lot of marketing verses where it says word spread about him. He might not have had a YouTube channel, but he would have been all over YouTube because people's smartphones would have been out posting reels and shorts of miracles he was doing and clips of his teaching. Um, he probably wouldn't even need a channel. It just would spread. Um, and I always think about that. Like, it, you know, when it's a good verse for business owners uh, or there's multiple verses that say that it's like if what you're doing is good and gets results for people and makes a difference in their life, then word about what you're doing will spread. And so word. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of it's word of mouth is the best form of it's virality. Actually, it'd be virality on the Internet. And so uh, anyways, yeah, I, I absolutely think. Um, I mean, Jesus also, his eyes range to and fro throughout the whole earth, look, seeking a heart that's completely his. So, I mean, his eyes are going over all the platforms. I actually, as you were talking about, and you're being so bold and, and honest and, and transparent about your faith and how Jesus has been a part of, part of that growth and your success. And you, it, it's the key to success. I'm thinking about, okay, I'm as, as a podcaster, when I'm going through the show, because I don't title the show until the show's over and I think about how, how do we title the show? And I was thinking, that's the title of the show. Does Jesus watch YouTube? Mm. Because we got the, you know, the world's foremost guy here on this show talking about how he built an amazing YouTube channel, started with doing church videos, then was doing horseback riding and all this other crap that didn't matter. And then you decided, what am I proficient? What am I passionate about? What can I profit at? And you did that in this, in these review videos and boom. And then you look back and go, Jesus did this. And so, yeah, he's watching his kids. He's watching you and me. He's he's like, hey, this is awesome. Keep going, guys. You're making a difference in the world. So that's why I asked the question. I thought that was kind of a clever, clever at least I thought it was clever. No, I love <laughs> that question. Clever. I also think that Jesus loves YouTube and he loves YouTubers. I feel like if there's nobody else that feels like they're kind of, a, if you will, a pastor of YouTube, like I think there's something... It's kind of niche reference, but you know, the fivefold ministry mentioned in Ephesians was perhaps less about what those mega roles are in the church. It's the fact that uh, pastors equip you and I to do all of those things, to evangelize, to like yep. start to be an apostle and start like a group of believers or share the gospel in our local business or, um, and to, uh, uh, ultimately pastor as well, that we should, 
we should pastor our local communities. So I sometimes think I got invited to a, a meetup of YouTubers in Vegas. There's over a hundred people. And I was just kind of going into that environment thinking, uh, God, you love this community and you long for them to know you. And I'm also wondering, I don't know where everybody here stands with you or if they've ever heard about you or ever had a chance to meet you or any of those things, but perhaps I'm, uh, I don't know what other pastors might be stepping on here. And I'm not in a pastor officially, but uh, trying to pick up that role. That's when I think about like my domain. I think about like, what's my sphere? And I'm like, YouTube would be the world. I know that God loves YouTube. He loves the people on YouTube. Ultimately, there was some OnlyFans people at this gathering and whatnot. And God loves uh, OnlyFans creators as well. Uh, don't take that out of context, but he absolutely does because that's what scripture would teach. And so um, that's, I, I definitely want to share that message of uh, ultimately for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, everybody has this opportunity to believe in him and experience that radical love. And so I, I hope that's what I aspire to as well is saying like, man, YouTube's my is my uh, community. Like this is, that's my community. That's my world. And I just want to do my best to represent Jesus in that world. I love it. I love it, man. Well, let's, let's break it down. So for the people listening to this show are entrepreneurs and they want to know how, like, what's that one piece of advice that Sean Cannell would say, this is what I need to do out of all the things that you could give advice on. Is there one singular thing you would say, do this? What is that one thing? I would say commit to creating consistent video content that adds value to your potential customers, your target audience. And for entrepreneurs, commit to the idea of not just dabbling in video, but the idea of actually starting a company within your company. Treat it like a small business startup within your company that you're going to start a mini media company that is a media and marketing company for your bigger company. That I believe is the modern opportunity. And I love YouTube, but the long tail of what that could mean is a lot of things, but I think who not how great book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy will be like, who could I put over this? And so many entrepreneurs, um, when they start YouTube, they start it with kind of the wrong mindset. I had a real estate professional who's got, you know, all kinds of money and he, has doing all these deals and some flips and stuff. And he starts YouTube and he starts trying to teach himself how to do video editing, learn all the skills about it, learn all this stuff. And now depending on where you are in your journey, that might be the move for you. But if you're more established and you got money coming in, your problem is money. Dan Sullivan said this, if you have money and you have a problem, you don't have a problem. And <laughs> ultimately I would think about no, who, not how, how am I going to start a little media? No, who could I hire? to actually help me figure out the content strategy, the distribution of content strategy, so that we can not just generate more business and impact today, but also so that we have insurance for the future. The businesses that think like media companies, start media companies. And you look at some things like Barstool Sports, and I think they were acquired by like an online gambling site. You look at some of the companies that they might, Red Bull is a great example, like it's a consumer packaged good, um, but they create, they've grown to be the biggest because of a content strategy of connected to athletes and whatnot. And so that's the thinking. 
it's easy to say, it's hard to do, but that's what I would do. I, I would start a media company inside of your company and build that thing up for the next five to 10 years. And then you'll look back, your competitors will be invisible. They won't even be close to where you are, the ones that do this. Dude, I am so glad to, to know you. And I'm so glad for that last piece of advice, because here's what I've been thinking about. And I've been been toying with this idea is, is I, I am committed to the video thing. I, I, I shoot on average a short form video every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, weekends, depending on how things are going. But Monday through Friday, I'm shooting a video and I've got it planned out 90 days in advance, what my topics are, what I do. So I'm, I'm committed to that. And I've been trying all year to get more consistent with the long form videos. But what I've decided to do with that is um, when I do solo shows like this, every once in a while I do solo episodes, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a YouTube video. Oh, yes, it's a podcast, but it's also going to be a YouTube video. So I think about it in terms of that. But here's here's what I've been thinking about. And I'm glad you said that, Sean, because I'm a huge fan of Bob Proctor. I don't, I don't, you know who I'm talking about, I'm sure. But um, I, I watched all his videos on the, um, uh, what is it, Think Into Wealth, whatever his that he did back in the 90s, whatever it was. I've watched all those. And he talks about in one of those, um, no, actually it wasn't in that. It was in one of his other videos. Nevertheless, he talks about creating a studio, 2000 square foot studio in the backyard of his house. You know what I'm talking about where he, it's an independent building built within a building. So it's soundproof. And he does, he did in his 80 seventies and eighties, he was doing all his videos from his house. And as I was listening, I think I, I want to do that. I want to have a professional studio in my house and fully commit to this, but I don't know how to start. I actually, I'm living in a rental house. Now we sold our house last year and we're, we don't know what we're going to do next, but so we're renting, but when we build the next house, I want a professional podcast and video studio because I love what you said. And I'd never thought about it that way about creating a company in the company to be the, you know, the, the real Jason Duncan media company, for example, and I'm just going to do teaching. I love that. So thank you. That gives me solace and encouragement at the same time to know that I'm heading in the right direction. I just gotta, I gotta double down on it and take action. That's the move. I'm I'm grateful that that was valuable. And I think it's a, hit, a huge opportunity for everybody listening to this. Well, Sean, it's been fantastic having this conversation with you today. And uh, we've been talking quite some time now. So I'm going to kind of bring the conversation in for landing. You have obviously this is what you do. You're the world's foam, foremost person teaching how to you how to strategize and monetize YouTube. You've got uh, you've got an offer that you want to make my listeners today on some of the stuff that you're doing. So I will shut up and turn it over to you to tell everybody what they can do to become better at YouTube. Well, thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate you. Yeah, for anybody who would say I want to kind of explore this world and actually learn the one strategy that continues to work that I've been using for the last really ten years that's now generated millions of dollars and is generating around three hundred fifty thousand views every single day, whether we upload new videos or not. I have a free class. It's at tubemasterclass.com. That's T-U-B-E masterclass.com. And entirely free. At the end of it, you will learn about some of the other, uh, you know, our, our complete group coaching program and online course. But whether that's right for you or not, I encourage um, everyone that would say they want to explore this YouTube world. Maybe you've already started a YouTube channel or you want to get back to it or just see what's possible with YouTube. And I know 350,000 views a day for me is sounds insane for maybe somebody just starting. But imagine just getting 10% of that. That'd be 35,000 views a day. Imagine just getting 1% of that. That'd be 3,500 views a day. And so the reason I love YouTube the most is it's the only platform where your content lives forever. You can post a video today. If you do it right, it'll keep getting you views, sales, awareness, 
um, for weeks, months, and years to come. And so it's kind of like duplicating yourself. It actually is perfect for what you teach because how do you exit without exiting? How do you get away from having to constantly go out and ultimately try to uh, promote your business, cold call, knock on doors? It's like once you have a video that's working for you, then you could be taking a vacation, but people are talking to you. They're building no like and trust with you because your videos are being watched 24 seven, 365 when you do it according to the strategy that we teach on this class. So um, tubemasterclass.com, you can get access to that free class and uh, really, really grateful to you and your community for the chance to hang out today. Yeah, so for those of you watching this on YouTube, hopefully you're at The Real Jason Duncan on YouTube right now watching this, and maybe Sean posted it later on his channel. But I've done a screen share right now. You can see what this is, the free YouTube strategy class at tubemasterclass.com. I'm sharing that right now on the screen, and uh, as you can take a look at that. But Sean, it's such an honor to know you and uh, to have you at, in my network and to know that, that, that you're such a great dude and you're doing great things and making a big impact in the world. So it's an honor to know you. Congratulations on all your success. And uh, hopefully our paths will cross again in the very near future. Likewise, Jason, appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Man, what a great conversation with Sean. Um, I love I love meeting new people. And, and, and we didn't talk about this in the show, but Sean was a speaker at a, at a mastermind event that I was a part of. And then subsequently, I ended up being a speaker at, I guess, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And was impressed with him and said, hey, man, I would love for you to come on the show. And he was his wife was pregnant and they were having a having another baby. He said, hey, I'm not doing anything until after the baby's born. So now he, the baby's now eight months old. So it's been a while. He finally was able to come on the show with me today. And man, such a lucky guy I am to meet and know somebody like Sean. And I want you to, to know him too. Go check him out on all his YouTube locations. As we talked about on the show, he's got YouTube.com slash Think Media. So go to Think Media on YouTube. Two and a half million subscribers. I'm one of those. Uh, he also has the Think the Think Pod the Think Media podcast, which is at Think Media podcast on YouTube, and he has his own channel, just Sean Thinks at Sean Thinks, and that's S E A N. Uh, my brother's name is Sean. We didn't talk about this. He's spelled S E A N. My brother's S H A W N. So there's so many ways to spell that name. But uh, as he offered, you've got a free one hour masterclass on YouTube. You can go to tubemasterclass.com and check that out. So thank you for listening to the show today. If you've not picked up a, a copy of my book, Exit Without Exiting, I want to encourage you to do that. Sean and I didn't talk about this at all, but he mentioned it two or three times in the show that this is what he's attempting to do. And this is what I teach. I teach how to exit without exiting. And this book here that you can get for 16 bucks on my website at therealjasonduncan.com slash book will show you exactly how to do it and tell you the story of three different entrepreneurs and how they went through the process of trying to exit their business and how they were successful and how they failed at it. So go check it out at therealjasonduncan.com slash book. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next time when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan. And as always, Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. 
Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.